All right. Welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. Per usual, I am your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And normally with us would be my co-host, our marketing director, and one of our other coaches, Jen Weibor. I know Jen is traveling, so maybe she'll pop in and join us. Maybe not. But regardless, we have a really cool guest for you guys today, somebody we have been pining to get on the show for some time. And let me welcome Tiffany Hyden. Hi, Tiffany. Hey, Adam. Thanks so much for having me. Well, sure. You know we can't see you, right? I do know that. Um, would you... <laughs> ah, it's, it's totally up to you. Obviously, we do this as a video oh. broadcast. We are currently streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, <laughs> LinkedIn, those kinds of things. But uh, if we haven't uh, prepared for that, then certainly don't feel obligated. Obviously, the majority of our content being consumed is through the podcast, which is audio only anyway. So not going to be an enormous ordeal is completely up to you. But let's talk about you. Um, obviously, we've been following you for some time and your uh, business acumen and so on and so forth. And if memory serves, historically, you are actually a figure skater or a figure skating coach or both? Correct. I was a figure skater and I was a figure skating coach. I am okay. neither of those things anymore. Okay. Um, <laughs> so well, that all changed pretty quickly, um, really in 2020. Okay. Oh, so that's recent. How long have you been doing real estate? So I've been doing real estate since 2018, okay. um, but I didn't get into it full time until February of 2020. So right before COVID hit. I was going to say good timing right before the <laughs> pandemic, which made for an interesting initial period as well. March and April, even into May were unique times to be in real estate in Colorado, no question. So how does this yes, path... Yes, they absolutely were. Tell us how this path goes, because uh, going from being a figure skater to being a real estate agent is a unique path. Oh, Tiffany, did we lose you? Oh, sorry, just lost you for a second, but I think oh, you're no back. Oh, no bother. So, um, so... Truly, what ended up happening, you know, I was a figure skater for many years, um, competed nationally and internationally as an ice dancer, um, then went to college, got a degree in computer science, and was a software engineer for a few years there, and then ultimately decided that the lifestyle of that career was not for me. Um, so I stepped out of that and went back to what I knew, went back to skating, became a coach, um, spent a couple of decades coaching athletes of all levels, really anything from learn to skate, little three-year-olds in helmets, all the way up through Olympians. Um, and really enjoyed that, had a lot of success, but also, you know, had been kind of seeking out what was next for me in my life. Um, so just you know, originally got my license to be more of an investor in real estate, wanted to purchase some investment properties, hold some rentals, 
And then after getting my license, I had a few close friends reach out and say, hey, would you help me with my purchase? And so I helped them along through the process. And then after doing that a few times, sort of said, hey, I think this might be the right avenue for me. Um, so that's when I started to looking into some different teams and what ideas might be for doing this full time. And um, the rest is history. Well, and don't get me wrong, but that's going to lend to great fodder for our audience. As you walk down that path, as you started looking at different teams or companies or organizations to be an active real estate agent with, what kinds of things were you looking for? What were the highlights? What were the lowlights? What were the things that took you to whatever team or company you went to at that time? Yeah, so it was an interesting process. I sat down for for a coffee with um, an old friend of mine, Lauren Schneider, who owns a team here in town, and kind of asked for her initial thoughts first. Um, she recommended a few teams, and then I went out and did some of my own research as well on um, just different teams that were successful, had decent volume in the area, and also had a need for somebody. Um, then through that process and kind of going out and talking with these different teams and brokerages, I mean, the reason that I ended up on the team that I did, Jed and Natalie Johnson, who I just think are wonderful, wonderful people at the time, were this married couple. They really didn't have any other agents on their team at the time, and there was a need. Um, and I just truly loved their character and the way that they approach their business, that they're really in it for the people and to be people's advocates and not just, you know, to make money. So. Well, it's funny up. because if you behave like that, then making money is a byproduct. Absolutely. Right. And that's, that's old Zig Ziglar shit. All you have to do is help as many people as you can get what they want and you'll get what you want. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I tell new agents that all the time now, too. It's, you know, if you're in it just to make money, you will not make money. If you're in it to help people and truly be their advocate and mean it, you will. Oh, absolutely. Then you will. And all kinds of other great byproducts, better relationships and more relationships. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you're really in it, if you really maintain a single purpose focus of just doing what's best for your clients, the rest of it falls into place. It's really uh, kind of neat that way. Okay, so really, company culture, team culture is one of the things that you really sought out when deciding what you were going to do with a full-time active real estate license. Right, absolutely. And just having come from another industry entirely, being in figure skating um, and working in different environments in that industry, I really wanted to stay away from the larger kind of corporate type environments and go for the more, you know, the small family oriented type business. Okay. So, um, so that played a large role. A boutique operation was a big target. That's really cool. I'd like to consider ours the same. So I do think that that is an important piece of company culture. Um, and I see a lot of things going on in the opposite that big corporate environment that you're describing that, yeah, unfortunately doesn't really always lend. Now, granted, when I see what I'm talking about here for all of you listening, watching, live in syndication, whatever, um, obviously we hear more about the bad than we do about the good. People are more apt to, you know, write a nasty review than a positive review, that kind of thing. But I do see a lot in 
that big corporate structure, both in real estate and in lending, where, yeah, it really does seem like the motivations are to grow and to dominate and to ultimately make money. That's really kind of, you know, the priority. When we look at more boutique operations, it really does seem that family, friendship, relationships in general kind of drive those ships, which I do think is really an important piece of the puzzle. Um, Tiffany, are you still with the same team that you started doing this with? I sure am. That is yep. fantastic. Okay. That yeah. is also really cool stuff. Nice plug right there because I do think that there is a lot to be said for company culture, for team leadership, for uh, brokerage ownership, so on and so forth. If people are around for a good period of time, we see a lot of people changing companies, both in real estate and in mortgages all the time. And mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot to be said about what goes on from a leadership perspective, from a culture perspective, when we don't see that. Right. I, exactly. I think that, that speaks volumes. I have a very close colleague. She's in a different industry, business owner as well, and has a fairly significant revolving door of employees, of support, of uh, support staff and operations staff and that kind of thing. And she didn't like it, but I told her that that was her fault. Oh, you wouldn't believe this person quit while I was on vacation. This person uh, didn't give me any notice or on and on. Like, mm, that rolls uphill. If you're creating an environment where people want to stay, people want to help, if people are going to transition, that they are going to be the catalyst for that. I don't think there's anybody on my team right now that wouldn't find, interview, hire, and train their own replacement. Um, and my employees, my newest one is probably, it might even be Jen, who's probably four or five years in. And I have one that might be getting close to 20 years. So, yeah, I think that that does speak volumes. But, okay, let's go back and talk about Tiffany. Because, frankly, your run in this game hasn't been that long. You haven't been in real estate for decades. The success that you've achieved considering that is pretty significant. It, it is worthy of applause. And I'm curious as to where it came from. You had started by saying, you know, I really got my license to uh, participate in my own investment strategy. And from there, it kind of snowballed into some mm -hmm. people, colleagues, friends, relationships of yours, wanting your help in acquiring real estate of their own. I'm guessing that... It wasn't strictly your circle that there was additional business coming from somewhere. Did that have to do with your team? Were you implementing some lead gen strategies? Are you big on social media? Do you really work your circle? What are you up to to generate buyers and sellers then and now? Yeah, I mean, it's actually quite a mix. And, and I feel that the team that I chose to join does have a lot to do with it. I had great training. And um, I mean, honestly, I had the undivided attention of my team lead when I first joined because there was nobody else. Um, so that was certainly helpful as well. He He certainly taught me so much about the industry, not just about lead generation, but um, just every aspect of the transaction and making sure that I was well-versed in that. Um, 
which makes a difference. In terms of lead generation, I mean, it's it's a little bit of everything. I, I have a huge circle of people here in the Colorado Springs area. I'm sure you're aware it's Olympic City, USA, right? Yes, and it so, is. And certainly um, when it comes to sports on ice. Right, exactly. So that that sphere of influence here in the Springs, that skating community has been certainly part of it. Other connections through friends, um, through family, different things have been part of it. And then, yes, I think every real estate agent that's starting out also takes online leads. And um, and so that's part of it as well and still is. So Okay, good. All right. So that's actually a pretty broad spectrum. And I do want to emphasize that last part because even with your success and even with the longevity, and I know we're not talking about you being a real estate agent for decades here, you're still participating in some activities that generate uh, new blood, new meat, fresh fish into your circle with internet leads. Correct. Yep. That's a big deal. Not a lot of people go down that path right now and certainly not ones that have some experience and certainly your success. What does that look like? Are are we talking about Zillow? Are we talking about Realtor.com? Where is this paying dividends for you? Um, our whole team takes takes leads through Zillow. We are part of the Flex program through Zillow. Okay. Um, we also take online leads through our website, um, through Google. Um, there's a variety of, of online lead sources, but I would say those are our main ones uh, that we're using. Okay. And because we've all done it, and we know that it's a different animal, obviously working your circle or doing good social media work or doing good video work, whatever the case may be, is a very different animal than internet leads, which are a unique angle to work. What kinds of things are you doing with them that are paying dividends? What kind of success do you get from essentially cold calling these people? They're not notified that you're going to be reaching out, but you do. Um, are, mm-hmm. are they, are they are the people warm and friendly? Are they uh, are they irritated? Are they getting a lot of phone calls? What kind of tips, I guess, since we are just the tips, what kind of tips would you give to real estate agents doing internet leads about how to approach those people? Um, really, it's about adding value. Um, I think if you approach the very first conversation from a standpoint of how can I help this person? How can I add value to their current situation, regardless of whether what it is and whether or not they're going to buy a house in the next three to six months? Um, what kind of nuggets can I provide to them that they may not already have? Or what kind of service can I provide to them that they may not be able to get elsewhere? So it's about providing that first and foremost. Everything else will follow. Okay. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I do think that that's probably a key component of everybody that's successful. What kind of benefit can I provide that is clearly not self-serving and is also for the greater good of this individual, this couple, this family, this community? Um, I think that there's a lot to be said for that right now. I'm seeing a good number of uh, agents originators, pretty much all of our uh, current and past coaching clients that are local, local to Colorado, mind you, um, really trying to help as many people as they can. And I think I picked up on something that you're doing as well when it comes to property tax valuations. 
yeah. we're, we're all living in a pretty strange world in that for those of you that aren't in Colorado right now uh, we've kind of done some interesting things through recent election cycles when it came to constitutional amendments and uh, propositions and so on and so forth and unfortunately while we've kind of made the bed that we now have to lie in I don't think there's anybody in the state of Colorado who isn't looking at 30 40 50 60 percent assessed valuation increases over a 24-month period. And it looks like you got way out in front of it. You were very proactive about making sure that your audience knew that this is something you are absolutely happy to help them with. Yes, absolutely. And I know, you know, those notices go out and I know a lot of people don't even open their mail, but... Um... But yes, I was posting about it. People have reached out. I've received several phone calls, text messages, all kinds of different things. People just kind of asking for help and and how to advocate for themselves in that. Um, and hopefully they can. We'll see how it all turns out. <laughs> um, it's certainly entertaining. Uh, I've got mine for my primary residence, and I'm not too far from you. I'm in Douglas County. And uh, I basically called a local colleague of mine here, a real estate agent, who was more than happy to put together some data for us to do a, uh, a contest uh, with mm -hmm. this. Um, of course, I told him, you know, if I could really sell my house for that, would you put it on the market? Because I, I would gladly <laughs> take that amount of money for this really? house, which is hundreds of thousands of dollars that an identical model across the street recently sold for. So yeah, if you guys are in the Colorado Springs area, uh, any of our consumer audience, yeah, please feel free to reach out to these people, Tiffany in particular, and Tiffany will get some contact information from you for our audience before we let you go. Um, but yeah, I do think that that is a really good example of where this mentality, this mindset to merely help people to solve problems. Um, and for those of you that don't already know, you'll be able to catch this in an upcoming book, the mindset, the mindset for the Sales Professional, which we should have published here sometime over the summer, that we, we really do still have two types of sales out there. We still have sales by manipulation, and we do see a lot of big companies doing that, even in real estate and mortgage. And certainly with companies that still have to sell that way, whether it's McDonald's or Walmart or Budweiser or General Motors, whatever the case may be. But what we're talking about here, what Tiffany is describing is the exact opposite of that, where we are participating in sales by solving problems. So what kind of help can we give? What kind of hot buttons are we going to be able to solve for people, that kind of thing. And I think right now the uh, statewide, I think that the uh, real estate assessed values, what we're all going to be taxed on is probably a really good example of what Tiffany has been doing. And for those of you that uh, want to uh, see what kind of uh, content that we're talking about. Uh, Tiffany is uh, certainly doing this on her social media channels, and I caught it on Facebook, and she is Tiffany.Hyden1, the digit one, Tiffany.Hyden1 on Facebook, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind you guys doing a little e-stalking and seeing how she is putting content out there for the greater good of her community and for her uh, clients, leads, and advocates as well. All right, so Tiffany, 
because of your background, and this is going to be a really unique turn, although it made me think about a past guest that we had on the show who prior to being in real estate was an engineer and how she really took that background and put it to good use with her data, her analytics, those kinds of things when it comes to not only helping people buy and sell homes, but finding people that are going to need to buy or sell homes. She had mentioned something about uh, some analytics that had led her to understand what time of the year the vast majority of leases are being renewed, where to locate those people, see if she couldn't help them uh, not continue to put money into a landlord's pocket, but rather than to put it into their own pocket, which we all know is one of the biggest and greatest things about owning homes. Um, Well, if we're going to take the assessor's word for it, then wow, I made 50% on my home in two years. I'll take that, right? (laughs) So those kinds of things. Solid, solid investment type stuff. Um, But I'm thinking that with your tech background, with your IT background, some of the things that we've started to see shift in real estate and mortgages and the industry in general have really kind of piqued your curiosity, whether it's, uh, you know, chatbots or AI or these kinds of things. What, what are you seeing that really fascinates you when it comes to that background melding with your current real estate career? I mean, yeah, for me, I mean, the AI really is interesting and intriguing. I can't say I've delved delved into it a whole lot just yet. Um, It's something I would like to look into. Um, But I would say just from the standpoint of being able to serve people again, having that background in technology and being able to pull resources as a result of that and and make things available to them immediately, knowing where to go, how to find information and how to do it efficiently and quickly. that is the component for me that I feel like has has been there as a result of having that degree and that past experience. Um, have I gone out and created, you know, my own app or anything like that yet? No. Will I someday? Who knows? Um, we'll see. Stay tuned. But and I do um, agree. I think the AI stuff is fascinating. Uh, there's no question. I do continue to look for avenues that will pay dividends in the real estate industry, in the mortgage industry. For those of you that don't already know, although I'm sure we've covered a thousand times, we will be talking about AI in depth at both uh, the Social Media Day conference in June, as well as the Mile High Mastermind event in September. And uh, shout outs to Metropolitan State University and their social media marketing degree program, as well as the University of Denver for hosting those two events. Are you, Tiffany, are you using AI in any capacity yet? No, not at all at this okay. point. So um, that's not to say that won't change. I feel like we're always adapting our techniques. I mean, our whole team is, and we tend to kind of brainstorm and work together on a lot of those ideas. So Um, We'll see what happens down the road. At this point, we're not. Okay, which brings up an interesting subject and mostly just for my own curiosity. What does your team structure look like? I mean, other than these two people that you've already mentioned, are there other agents? Are there operations Um, people, PCs? Did I lose you again, Tiffany? Now we seem to be having a few tech issues there. Tiffany, let me know when you can rejoin us. Ah, technology. Well, in any case, um, I do think that it is important and I wanted to get Tiffany's background, uh, Tiffany's input on team structure. 
uh, other salespeople to collaborate with operations people to pick up the slack once you've done your work in lead gen, in finding buyers and sellers, those kinds of things. I do think that's important. But I was going to lead into some subsequent questions about how often you guys meet, what kind of collaboration actually goes on, those kinds of things, because I do find that that sort of stuff is also ridiculously important. So while I'm kind of picking Tiffany's brain about what's going to go on in team structure, let me give you guys a little bit of background about what uh, we do at my operation. And there are other loan originators. There's quite a bit in the way of support staff, transactional uh, people uh, that support us on that sort of thing. And without equivocation, we all get together at least once a week. We're brainstorming ideas on transactions. We're certainly brainstorming ideas on lead gen, on social media, on video, on AI. And those of you that are regular viewers or listeners of How I Met Your Mortgage get to hear Jen contribute quite a bit of that sort of content. And you guys can tell that she and I obviously collaborate on those kinds of things quite a bit. It looks like we did get Tiffany back. Tiffany, do we have you? Yes. Yeah, so sorry about that. Don't know no, what no happened, problem. but we have, we have devices and we are good. <laughs> we understand technology, no problem. Um, and what I was getting at was, tell us about your team structure. You already mentioned these two people that really kind of oversee what goes on that formulated this company culture that really drew you in that way. Are there other agents? Yeah. So when I first joined, it really was just the two of them and then myself. And at the time we had a transaction coordinator named Andrea. She's actually no longer with us, but since then we've added several other agents um, and we have a new transaction coordinator, Ariel, um, but every, every agent that we've added, and, and I think this is a huge testament to Jed as well, um, really over the course of the last four years that I've been with them, we've only had one agent join that is no longer with us. And that agent is no longer in real estate. Um, everyone else that has joined this team is still with the team. Um, I think that says a lot about the culture of this team that it really is a fantastic support group and really a work family. That is a really great definition of it. And I would say that that's uh, solid. That's certainly how we uh, operate uh, at the uh, core finance group. Um, and yeah, I think that work family is a really great way to describe it. But I think it's also important to understand that with that kind of longevity of people that are staying there and you guys spending that kind of time together week in, week out, that it must really speak volumes about the culture because you guys haven't killed each other yet. <laughs> Only one person has left in that time frame and they're not even in the business anymore. That's right. a really big deal. Yeah. Um, are there other operations people other than your TC? Um, not at this point. We did have um, kind of a marketing person um, who moved on for just an opportunity for, of growth that probably would not have, have been there. Um, but that is it at this point. Okay. And I just because I have to, I know we're going to run short on time and we're going to go over a little bit, but I want to know 
how often are all of you together? How often are you guys uh, collaborating and sharing resources and this kind of thing? Is there a, a weekly meeting? Do we get together on a monthly event? Do we have social time together? What does that look like? Um, so we jump on, we have a check-in, which is over Zoom three times a week. And then we also do wow. all kinds of social things together. We have team meetings account occasionally together there are some trainings that happen um so it's quite a bit actually good okay i think that that's important and i think that as we're talking about being able to collaborate kick ideas around brainstorm two heads are better than one all of these colloquialisms that uh go about uh describing a team propelling a team forward I think that that's important stuff when it comes to advancing the technology, things like being able to use AI going down the road, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about that. So thank you for yeah. being so flexible about that. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't have an office. I mean, we don't get together every single day in an office building, um, but we certainly get creative with ways to, to uh, have a meeting of the mind, so to speak. I like that. Meeting of the minds. Uh, well, and uh, when I get together with my team, they uh, let me kind of supplement that. Although I will be the first to admit that the only thing I'll take credit for is hiring people that are smarter than I am. All right. <laughs> All right. So, yes, I knew we were going to run over a little bit um, and I will uh, do our wrap up. Jen, if you are watching... Uh, or listening, then I will try to do this to the best of my ability. Please uh, forgive me if I stumble, those kinds of things. But Tiffany, thank you so much for carving this kind of time out on a Monday morning and certainly for tolerating whatever technical glitches came our way as well. I do really appreciate it. And if you're a game, we'd love to have you back for another episode. I'd love to do it. Thanks for having me, Adam. Oh, my pleasure. And for the rest of you, either watching live or in syndication or listening to the podcast, use our text code. You can text TIPS to 63566, and it will ping you back all kinds of information about the podcast, about our video blog, The Weekly Little Tip, about how to get a free hour of time with Jen or myself or both or any of our coaches for that matter. Uh, you can get a copy of my book, Just the Tips. You'll be able to get a copy of the uh, Sales Mindset later this year. I am working on another book that will eventually appear. You can get information about the two conferences that we have this year. I think it's the 6th or 7th Annual Social Media Day event, again, at Metropolitan State University. And in September, the 7th Annual Mile High Mastermind at the University of Denver. So all of those things available by using our text code. And again, Tiffany, a, a very, very heartfelt thank you. Uh, I know that this is a big deal to uh, carve this out and that we've had you on the books forever. And that certainly won't change when we get you back on the schedule for a sequel. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. And have a great rest of your Monday. Likewise. And the rest of you, enjoy your week. We are back here with a new episode of How I Met Your Mortgage live Monday mornings at 1030. And you can catch it in syndication on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts the following Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. 
and we'll see you next week.